welcome to the Enhanced Living Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kruger. I believe that we all have within us the power to be everything that we are meant to be and so much more. This show is a weekly dose of practical and spiritual principles, strategies, tips, and ideas to help you grow into the best version of yourself. Here's to becoming exactly who you were meant to become. I've been called a human Swiss army knife because I'm a TV host, inspirational speaker and coach, live event MC and DJ, certified yoga and Ayurveda teacher, functional fitness enthusiast, author, husband, and dad with a voracious appetite for knowledge. And I'll be sharing real talks with successful people from all walks of life, spiritual teachers and masters and experts in many different fields. I'll also share my own perspective that I've gained from over 20 years of diligent meditation and spiritual work so we can all experience enhanced living. Are you ready to evolve? Let's do this. Welcome back to the show. So I want to talk real quick about the way that I lead my life. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a long time and you actually heard the introductory episode, and I just said introductory, I meant to say introductory. (laughs) If you heard that episode, which was the first one, which kind of really detailed how this podcast came about, then you know that I'm someone who leads my life through my intuition. If I get a feeling or a vibe about anything or anyone, I tend to listen to it because A, it's never steered me wrong, and B, it's always right, which is saying the exact same thing. I'm aware. Now, on today's episode, I have someone who is the author of a book called Radical Intuition. She is a globally recognized innovation leader and founder of the Intuition Lab, Her work has been featured or supported by leading-edge organizations like South by Southwest Interactive, Carnegie Mellon University, Comcast, and Hewlett-Packard, and she's here with me today. Welcome to the show, Kim Chesney. How are you? Yay! So nice to meet you. So glad to be here, Adam. Thanks for having me. Oh my goodness, it's my pleasure. I want to get started right away with just radical intuition, just the title alone. I love that. I love that, and I want to know what that's all about. Yeah, so it's kind of oxymoronic. And one of the, when we were putting it together, we were like, well, are people going to get this radical and in intuition? But it really stemmed out of my own personal history and my background working in technology for so long and really getting into this sort of innovation mode. And I started hearing people talk about how important intuition was in those spaces. And when you marry that with this, you know, personal development and the spiritual side and the softer side of intuition, it all kind of comes together in sort of a whole new approach. It really is so speak, radical. It, it truly is. So for my listeners, I, I want to I ch- kind of dive into what brought you into writing the book and what were your personal experiences that kind of led to it? I mean, I know you touched on working in the technology field a little bit and following that intuitive nudge, but what really prompted the writing of the book? Yeah, so I've been working on this book for over 10 years now. So after my first book came out, The Psychic Workshop came out like uh, 15 years ago, and I my life kind of split into these two worlds where part of it was just really teaching the intuition work and part of it was being this cultural innovator. And my life mission seemed to be to to find a way to bring these two worlds together. So as I started trying to coalesce these two kind of yin and yang approaches to intuition, I really decided I wanted to hack it. I wanted to understand it. I wanted everybody to be able to understand how to use it because the experiences that I had had with it were so life-changing 
So I wanted to put that out there so that people knew that intuition was just something you can use every day. It's not something that you have to be, you know, go and look into a crystal ball or sit on a mountaintop. It's a really practical part of life and it's a really normal part of our our cognitive functions. So I wanted to share that message and really create a, a practical way for people to get in touch with their own intuition and amp up that signal. I actually love that. You mentioned that you had some, well, I don't want to get into that just yet. Hold on. I'm going to circle back to that in a second. (laughs) You said that that intuition is a normal part of cognition. Now, from anyone that I've spoken with, most people think of intuition as this kind of like wooey out there, kind of like you have to be psychic to listen to your intuition. And I know that's not true. I know that we all have this. We're all born with this, right? When you say normal part of cognition, can you expand on that a little bit? Yes. So I really feel like Intuition is sort of in the other half of our brain that we have been conditioned out of pretty much since the day we were born. You know, when we were little, we were born with all of this intuitive potential and all this intellectual potential, but we went to school and the world showed us how to develop it, this part of our brain and this part of our mind and the thinking part and the logical part and the rational part. And, you know, we got some art classes and some music classes in here for the other side. But apart from that, you know, we've largely been conditioned that intuition was woo or weird or maybe not even real at all. Maybe it's just a bunch of bunk, right? So, or it's just something women have. There's just so many stereotypes that came along with it, really just to, to pretty much silence intuition. So I really feel like this resurgence that's happening now, and it's very timely with what's going on in the world in so many ways that it's part of this rebalancing, this reckoning of the two sides of our brains or of our minds, our intellect and our intuition. So, you know, we've spent 3,000 years throughout history creating knowledge systems, building up these really smart, brilliant minds, but it's time for our intuition to catch up. And imagine, you know, what we'll be capable of doing once we really activate that intuitive side to complement all of the things that we've done with the intellectual side. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, there's there's a couple of points I want to touch on there. Balancing the world for a start. If you go mm-hmm. far enough back in human history, we actually lived in a matriarchal mm-hmm. society. It was the female that was revered and ruled. And that's because, look, for anyone who's unaware, obviously my background is in yoga and Ayurveda. And that, that really is all about balancing the masculine and the feminine. We all have both aspects. But somewhere along the lines, the patriarchy took over. And and again, I'm not, I'm not pro or anything. I, I'm just pro everyone. Just so we're clear, I do think that of the two genders, which we have like probably 26 in reality, but now we're off on a whole tangent. The point is, let's not go there today. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that for some reason, the patriarchy decided to push down the feminine for some reason, because it was viewed as weak, when in reality... The ability to tap into your intuition is on the feminine side because that's just the part that it's that it's connected to within us, right? Mm-hmm. And so what would you say to the statement that we are now finally coming back full circle where humanity is getting more in touch with its feminine side? Absolutely. I talk about that in the book. I 100% agree. You know, the women's rights movement and really the role that women are taking in society now that has shifted so much just in my lifetime, right? You look at my parents and how different it was my parents and grandparents than it is with my daughters, right? So we've seen this huge shift of women taking control of their lives and having really for the first time, this sense of sovereignty that they hadn't had in, in so much of history, which is like, unbelievable, right? Which is just part of the conditioning that we've lived with as human beings for centuries and centuries. And intuition is really about 
awakening and coming out of that unconscious conditioning. All of these things, whether we're talking about gender, social issues, racial issues, any of these things, the intuitive awakening is coming out of that unconsciousness. It's allowed us to live with something that wasn't right for so long. You know, we're waking up and now we're saying, yeah, like that isn't right. Why did we allow society to condition us to say that's okay? And as more and more of us get in touch with our intuition, that's what all of our intuition tells tells us because intuition is unifying to all people, right? It is that core function that unites us all in the good and the right. So as we become more intuitive, we realize that we can't stand for these injustices anymore and we have to step into our power, each and every one of us. Yeah, no, that's that's so beautifully said. I mean, I, I, I personally believe that the tamping down of our intuitive side is actually what's allowed these injustices to come about. Because mm-hmm. when you listen to your intuition, you know what's right and what's wrong. It's it's your it's like your moral compass. And so yes, there are people on the planet, obviously, who just don't have the ability to connect with that. And we we know this. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a clinical thing. But mm-hmm. for the most part, we all have the capacity to listen to that inner nudge. We've all felt that you're driving down somewhere and all of a sudden you get this feeling like I, I should I need to pull over for a yeah. second. And then all of a sudden your whole life changes because you listen to it. Most of the time we don't listen to it. So so how do you help people recognize these inner nudges and actually listen to them? Right. You've really like hit the nail on the head with the work that I do because really that's 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 the sad part of intuition is it's there. It's always there trying to get through to us, but so often it doesn't. And and either we ignore it or we don't understand it. Those are the things. Like if, if it does get through, we're like, oh, what is it saying? Or, you know what I mean? We just, it's such a complicated issue because in our society, since we've pushed intuition down for so long, nobody really knows what it is. Is it a feeling? Is it a knowing? Is it a sense? Is it your gut? You know, is it your head? Like, you know, there's just all this melee of, uh, you know, stereotypes about intuition. So with radical intuition, I really wanted to bring them all together. And that's why I talk about like the four different types of intuition in the book, where we go into like understanding the many different manifestations of intuition. It's very, actually very easy to understand. And once you become conscious of that, you're like, oh, so this is that kind of intuition and this is that kind of intuition. And so I can start to listen to it now because I'm more aware of it and I can differentiate it from my fears or my imagination or all that other crazy stuff that's in your head. Yeah, that's I mean, that's that's amazing. And I think that what you're doing is so important. And, you know, for anyone listening, of course, I'm going to leave all the uh, details in the show notes below. And we'll talk about this before we wrap up the interview later. But you just mentioned four different types of intuition. And obviously, without giving away the book itself, could you briefly go into the four different types of, of intuition? I know my listeners are like, what are they? Tell me. Yeah, 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 sure. And and there's big, deep, juicy chapters on each one. So I'll just give you the idea of, you know, how I ended up working through all this. So as I was trying to understand and, you know, really wrap my brain around intuition, it kind of fell in line with the work of Carl Jung. So mm-hmm. if you understand any of like his Myers-Briggs stuff or his four cognitive functions, he pretty much organizes them around the body, the mind, the heart, and the spirit. Sensing, feeling, thinking, intuiting, or being. So I worked with that model and I found that those four functions serve, each serve as a pathway for intuition to reach us, right? So we can sense intuition with our, sometimes our body speaks to us, whether we'll have a gut feeling, we'll feel sick in our stomach, we'll get the chills, right? Or we'll even, even with foods, with eating, like intuitive eating, like things appeal to us, other things mm-hmm. don't appeal to us, right? So our body intuitively communicates with us all the time. Then also like our minds, like you like you said earlier, that example you used where you just knew for some reason, I have to pull the car over right now, or I just have to go a different way to work. And turns out there was an accident up ahead or something. You just had a knowing. 
right? Or you can have a feeling or you can just have a sudden like, oh, I just have to write a book. I'm so inspired and I have this in me and I have to put it out there, right? That's like calling. Your intuition is moving through your feelings and you're emoting you. Not like feelings, feelings, not like emotions, but it's emotive, right? It, It moves you. And then you have that whole spiritual aspect of intuition, which is what, you know, a lot of which uh, people, you know, are aware of to some degree, you know, not so much like the woo side, but really that connection to higher existence and higher awareness and all of that data that's out there in the universe that we just aren't able to access and in our t- this p- specific place and time. So those, so those, those are the general four types, body, mind, heart, and spirit, uh, we, physical intuition, mindful intuition, creative intuition, and transcendental intuition. That is beautifully put. I love the way that that's wrapped up. You talk about just the spiritual intuition. So many people can, they have trouble wrapping their minds around it because they think that it's something that's outside of them. When in reality, everything is energy. It's all energy. Like I say this all the time. I mean, scientifically, it's been proven. There is no, like beyond the shadow of a doubt, it's all energy vibrating at slower and faster frequencies. And that's it. If you were able to look at life through energy goggles, you would see us all (laughs) as just this pulsating mass of energy. That's all it is. And you'd see little points kind of bouncing around and that's us. And we even know if you go even, you know, if you get into quantum physics, I mean, the electrons that supposedly orbit the atoms or the nucleus of the atoms, they're not even orbiting. They're flickering in and out of existence. So it's, we're barely even real. So, (laughs) you know, it's our consciousness. You know what I mean? And you yeah. go, no, no, please. And, I, well, I, I just wanted to it. jump in because you brought up this quantum physics stuff because, you know, there's a whole chapter in my book where I talk about quantum thinking and, and I 100% agree with you because for me, I look at intuition as sort of the type of quantum thinking like quantum physics in the way that the intellect was to like Newtonian physics, right? So the intellect is cause and effect linear, right? And then we get to intuition and it's it functions like the quantum world where it, you can go from point A to point B in an instant. It's unpredictable. It's magical. You can do these impossible things, but it's all totally real and scientific. So that whole way of working and understanding intuition as being able to access those little points of data, which are all out there, all of that information you talked about exists. Energy can't be created or destroyed. It's always there. So there's no reason why there's a, a part of our minds that can't access that stuff. So it's not a, it's not a huge leap, you know, when you start thinking of things that way. It's it's so true. And that's and that's kind of why I always bring up the scientific side of it, because I think that there needs to be a bridge between the people who are deemed airy fairy and the people who are literally like the critical analytical scientific minds, because it's really all the same. You're just looking at it from two opposite ends of the spectrum, but you're looking at the same spectrum. It's the same tube. You know what I mean? One's looking on one side, one's looking on the other. And if we just look a little bit further in, we could wave at each other and say (laughs) hi. Right. And it gets back to what we just talked about earlier is marrying those two opposite worlds and and having that reckoning between the mind and intuition. When these two things come together, instead of looking at each other as opposing philosophies, but really those two sides of the same coin, then that's when we're going to really start getting into the the core of truth and reality because we need each other. We need that scientific perspective to really understand what's happening with this intuitive stuff. So it really can complement each other. It's so true. I mean, you look at scientists like Nikola Tesla, who said, when you think in terms of vibration and energy, that's when we'll make more leaps than we have in the past hundred years. You look at Dr. Joe Dispenza, who talks about the physiological things that happen with respect to meditation and and manifestation. And these these are these are people who are science based individuals looking Mm -hmm. at, at looking at it and going, hey, listen, by the way, just so you know, 
your thoughts affect your reality. That's a fact. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier intuitive eating, right? Mm -hmm. and, and your body gives you cues on what you want. And it just reminded me of this amazing story. And I just wanted to illustrate this for my listeners because this was a story about someone who was uh, shipwrecked and they were floating at sea on a life raft and they were they were there for, I believe it was like a week or four days or whatever it was, like in the middle of the ocean before they were rescued. And they survived by catching fish off the boat, like where they were. And at one point in the journey, while they were three or four days in, all of a sudden they were looking at this fish that they caught and they just couldn't put away the desire to eat the fish's eyes, which, okay, understand I'm vegan. So all of this is <laughs> disgusting to me, but... <laughs> but yeah. seriously, they so they ate the fish eyes, right? Which to anyone that sounds absolutely yeah. revolting. I mean, right. anyone in North America anyway, because it's just not something that <laughs> is done here. Yeah. No. And so the story was relayed and it turns out that the fish eyes had, I, I think, I don't know if it was iodine or what was in the fish eyes, but mm -hmm. the body needed it. And so because the body needed it, that was appetizing to the person. And so it, it just, I wanted to kind of throw that out there because that is intuition right there. Your body knows, your body knows, your mind knows, you just have to open yourself up to be able to listen to the messages, which kind of brings me to the second thing I wanted to ask you, which is how do we find our way to listen to our intuition and not second guess? Because I know so many people who've gotten that intuitive nudge and then they go, but wait, what if I'm wrong? What if this is, and then the fear things start to come in. How do you differentiate between the true intuition and a fear-based, don't do that, or a fear-based, oh, no, no, I should do this instead. Yes, now that is, that's literally the number one question with intuition I get asked because in order to really trust our intuition and follow through in it, which is the most important part, we really need to go confident in it and we have to believe in it and we have to know 100% that we're following our intuition and not some like crazy imagination or weird feeling or fear or whatever, right? So for my, the first thing I want to say is the more that you start working with the intuition, the easier that gets mm -hmm. because you get a feel for what intuition feels like and it takes time. So you really have to start to build up trust in your intuition. So the first thing I, I say to people is really to, to start becoming aware and working with your intuition. And whether you're writing down a journal of any time you have an intuition that comes through and little validations and things like that to help you get and remember how intuition feels to you. And the most important thing to do while you're doing this is remember that emotions are kryptonite for intuition, right? So intuition is not a feeling and it's not a thought. It is above both feeling and thoughts, okay? It is this higher knowingness, whatever word you want to use, feeling, knowingness, knowing, feeling that informs your feelings and informs your thoughts. So emotions like fear, anger, even joy, even happiness, things that are so emotional, you have to be really careful with that, right? Because you've heard people say, I'm sure that intuition is that still place of quiet knowing, right? That's, that's mm -hmm. a common thing people say. And there's a real truth to that because intuition simply is right? It is simply the truth. And it is not it, your reaction, whether you're really happy that that truth is going to serve you well, or whether you're not happy that that truth is going to create pain. That's our human reaction to it. But intuition in itself simply is. So when you receive an intuition like that, the first impression, and intuition is all about first impressions. It's that fast insight. If it comes quick, receive it, boom. You don't have to have a PhD to figure out how to get to it. it. You just have to open up to it and receive it. So when you get that 
And you look at that, that pure intuition before all of your emotional reactions and your critical thoughts come in. That's when you go to that back to that place to gauge your real true intuition. And the more that you do that, the more that you'll be able to get back into that place before our thoughts and feelings take over. That's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's I, I believe it was Malcolm Gladwell that talked about snap judgments. Blank, um, yes. That's right. In blink. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. I was, I don't know where, what, why I, 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 yeah, yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. And, and it's, and it's true because that really is how you tap into your intuition is, and, and it's look, not always our snap judgments aren't always right. As he even <laughs> illustrated in the book, sometimes they're based on biases, right. And, and things that were programmed into well, for, judgments, the tricky word there. That's why there, cause there's a little, a little philosophical differences, but you have to be careful with that word judgment, right? Like a, a first impression is one thing when, when, we, when we, the judgment part is kind of sneaking <laughs> over into the mind a little, you know? <laughs> well, exactly. And, and I think that's kind of what I was, what I was coming yeah. to, which is when you get a feeling instantly of do this or don't do this with when, when there's no anything attached to it, just a simple do or don't or call or don't call or whatever it is, that's what you have to listen to because what's going to happen is your mind's going to come in and go, well, wait, what if? Yep. And you're like, no, 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 this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to do it and then see what happens. And that's, it's it's about trusting, isn't it? Yes, 100%. It's, and I mean, that really is the core is trusting yourself. And you when you start to really step into that awakening, as I'm sure you've experienced in your life, that comes from developing that core trust in yourself and the life that's working through you, right? Not your ego self, not like me, right? But like that trust in the life that's working and creating through you and aligning with that and turning yourself over to that, that's radical. That's the real revolution. You know, we're talking about all these changes in the world, but the real revolution happens when inside us, we make that commitment to being true to ourselves and trusting ourselves and acting on that instead of all this noise that's happening in the outside world and all the conditioning and what everybody else says. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's I think that's so powerful because so many people allow other people's opinions mm -hmm. to shape what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. They allow other people's feelings and judgments, so to speak, mm -hmm. affect how they're going to interact with their outside world when in reality, you know, it has to be up to you because you're the only one living your life. Exactly. Right? Only, you know, only, you know, what you're capable of and what you're meant for. It's so true. I mean, you know, we talk about because I, I want to differentiate something real quick as well, because, you know, we, we talk about channeling that intuition, really knowing that and I'm going to touch on 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 Jung's, you know, collective unconsciousness here or unconscious. I mean, oh, good. yeah, I want to I want to get into that. But yeah, before yeah, I do all over that, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because you brought it up right in the Myers-Briggs and I, I want to jump into that, too. But before I do, there's this feeling of deja vu. Now, I'm because I've I've had that my whole life. I grew up with it. I would have a dream and then I would wake up and sort of remember the dream and then forget it. And then a week or two weeks later or a month later, all of a sudden I'm sitting in the exact scene that was my dream. And and then there'd be like some small detail that would just kind of just all of a sudden, bang, I'm there and I could I, I can predict exactly what's going to happen. There, it was never, it's never been indicative of anything. It's always been completely benign. Can't explain it, but I know that it's been something that I dreamt and then experienced. Now, 
I've I've gone down the rabbit hole with this. Uh, there was a book called Journey of Souls by Dr. Great Michael book. Newton. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's, what does he say about that? I don't. I did, I read it like a hundred years ago. So what's interesting? Okay, I guess I will go down this rabbit hole real Let's quick. Do it. Um, <laughs> so I was talking to a friend of mine. We we would always get into these really amazing spiritual and philosophical conversations. And I said to him, I said, you know, what I believe deja vu is. I think that before we incarnate as as in bodies, you know, because I believe that we're souls in bodies. I believe that our consciousness is always, it always will be, it always has been. I believe that we go into like this bubble sort of place where we get to see every single possible permutation of what's going to happen in the life that we're about to live. Why? So that we can see different signposts along the way. And I said, and I believe that into that these deja vus are basically you just remembering little snippets of being in that bubble and seeing your your current life right before you yeah. entered into it. Totally. And he was like, that's interesting. And I'm like, yeah. And then about a year later, my wife brought home the book that was recommended to her from someone who worked at the yoga studio where she was teaching. And and I looked at it and I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, and I picked it up and I, I read it before she had a chance to, and she was very upset. She forgave me, of course. But oh, in the book, what, what made the blood in my veins literally just go cold was when they explained. Now, I explained Journey of Souls actually in a past episode. So very brief recap. It was about a, a, a hypnotherapist who accidentally brought people into uh, past lives while doing, you know, early childhood regression therapy. And then he accidentally, again, brought them into a place where they were in between their lives. And then he did this with hundreds of patients and found the exact same things were repeating. And in this, they reported that before we have our life, we choose the life that we're going to take. We actually go into this little screening room type situation, for lack of a better word, and we see the whole thing play out. This caused me to go get uh, past life regression done. It led me into this whole crazy place. I wrote a book. It was insane. Yeah. And it, 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 but so I'm way off on a tangent here. I wanted to talk about how some people have said that deja vu is like, well, it's the left half of your brain registering it before the right half does. And, and that's, that's completely just, I don't, I don't buy that. First of all, because the brain works. Can I just jump in here? Pause that real quick. I want to let you know, I was literally just reading that this morning. The deja vu thing? Just what you just told about the data. I was reading it on the Coast to Coast radio. They just had a show on it like this week. And isn't that funny? So because you're talking, I just, and I want you to continue. I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's one of those little God winks, you know, when you just see something and then like, what are the chances we're talking about it here? moments later. So I I love that. There's something to what you're saying. But anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. (laughs) No, no, please. (laughs) This is a this is a dialogue. And I I didn't even mean to go down this 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 crazy path. I just I wanted to say that, you know, relating it to intuition, some people think like, oh, well, you just have a faster brain and you're registering more things in real time. And that's not what it is, which is what leads me into what I wanted to discuss with you, which is Carl Jung and the collective unconscious which I believe our intuition is really us just tapping into that, the the ether. It's tapping into everything that we all have access to at every single point in time. Some call it the Akashic Record. Some people call it the collective unconscious. So I want to delve into that with you a little bit. Well, great, because I spent a lot of time thinking about this. And this is one of my favorite subjects to talk about. So I use a little bit of a different system, for different little terminology for, I think, the same thing. So the way, and I, I, I use this in my intuition work. So for me, this works in terms of our intuition. So I'm not discounting anything that like Carl Jung says or anything, because I have so much respect, but the way that I understand it in terms of intuition is I look at it in terms of unconsciousness, consciousness, and instead of the collective unconscious, I call it the superconscious. 
which is what I got. I, and I can't take credit for that. I didn't come up with this. It's something that came from the long line of traditions with Yogananda, Paramahansa Yogananda, I think Sri Aurobindo. So the Eastern tradition talked about this idea of super consciousness. And I like that term better because the unconscious to me, and Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about this too, is the unconscious is that part of us that we are unaware of. Like it's something that's down there beneath us, right? And and it's it's influencing us without our conscious awareness. And then, you know, as we become mindful, like we move into mindfulness and we wake up and we start becoming conscious and we're like, oh, this, uh, this is impacting the world like this. This is, this, we have empathy now. We, this is how I influence other people. And so we become conscious of what's happening around the world. We can't be, have those injustices anymore. And right. So we become more conscious, but then ultimately I think the path for humanity is to become super conscious and tap into this otherwise called the collective unconscious, which is really the data, which is this higher consciousness of all of this wisdom that's out there, the Akashic records, everything that ever has existed in the world and our ability to you know, have that interconnectedness to that world. I, Does that make sense? I, I, yeah, uh, yes. I mean, first of all, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the show before, but well, I might have. I, I practice Kriya Yoga. Oh, wonderful. My, my, my wife and I got married at the Lake Shrine SRF. Oh, wow. So, I love it there. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we have a huge, huge framed Yogananda poster in our meditation room in our home. So when you brought up Yogananda, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So. Well- if you love Yogananda, then you're going to love my book because I am not shy about saying that he has been so influential in all of this work. Because as you know, he's a huge supporter of intuition. He has, he talked, he wrote, I don't know if you've read his book, Second Coming of Christ. We have you it. Read, you have that as the two, like, it's like 10,000 pages. It's so big. <laughs> It's all about intuition. It's like a tome of everything you could ever want to know about intuition. If you really want to like have a deep dive into it. And, you know, a lot of the work that, you know, that I did with radical intuition is really kind of, you know, filtering that into modern life. Right. You know, cause he was writing hundred, 150 years ago, hundred years ago, I guess. Right. To, to really help us to how, how we can understand it in a modern context. That's, I mean, it's, it's so true. And it really is about modern context, because at the end of the day, you know, when you look at religious texts, you know, and I was just, I was literally just talking about this with Sharice, my wife, the other day, where I look at, I've, I've had a thing with organized religion for, from the, from, for as long as I can remember, because it always felt so controlling. But if you look at the core tenets of every single religion, you're coming back to love and intuition and yoga, which is union. So really at the end of the day, I'm on board with all the religions, as they were originally written, it's they've been applied wrong, in my opinion. And and I and that may be an unpopular opinion. And to be honest, I don't care because there's a lot of people these days who call themselves Christians who wouldn't help the poor, who wouldn't love their neighbors, who would who would literally spit on Jesus if he were walking the earth right now, because his original teachings were all about love, were all about helping people, were all about not being greedy. So I forgot my point <laughs> because it's a good tangent to go on because it all does come back to love. But that's it. Right. And so yeah. we were we we kind of like left the intuition <laughs> the train for, for the love train, <laughs> which is OK. I'm, I'm always OK with that. But I wanted to talk a, a quickly about the Myers-Briggs situation because you did bring that up. And it's it's really interesting because I know that I'm an intuitive feeling thinking. No, wait, INFJ. That's my that's what I am, too. <laughs> So I don't even remember what it means. I just know that I, I'm, I'm that. That's me. Yeah, that's me too. <laughs> A 
and it's spooky, like, because people who do those things and, and, you know, don't really believe in things like this, they get all freaked out by like, oh, it's just so, it's so accurate. And it really is. And, and I love that Young was also a fan of intuition and talked obviously a lot about intuition. And I think so many people throughout history, and that's one of the things that we don't realize is that so many great people and a lot of them men, right? We talk about women's intuition all the time, but a lot of these people were men. Einstein, huge champion for intuition. Steve Jobs, what Tesla, people like this were all huge champions for intuition because they got it. They got that it was our connection to genius. It's not mm-hmm. just that woo thing. That's our genius. It's the difference between being smart and being brilliant because you'll get those flashes of insights and those epiphanies that you can never get to just by sitting around and trying to figure out the formulas, you know? It's so true. And for me personally, I've honed my intuition through meditation, mm-hmm. through, through breath work, you know, which is pranayama, which increases the prana, the life force in the body. Absolutely. And and anyone who's been listening to the show knows this. It's not, you know, it's no secret. The fact of the matter is, is the more you meditate, the more you're blocking out, not, I only want to say blocking out, you're focusing in on the present moment. So coming back to Eckhart Tolle, where, you know, getting into that present moment, that's your access to your intuition because your intuition hits you in the now. It's not going to be like, oh, oh, remember yes. I had that feeling? 10 years ago. That's not the way it works. Yes. You know, and, and you again, touched on one of the main points of this book, which is really talking about this shift into mindfulness and through it into insightfulness. Cause even Eckhart Tolle talks about how the stillness speaks, right? You get into that, that silence. And that's really why I feel like the, the work of mindfulness that this, everything's been happening over the last 20, 30 years with mindfulness becoming such like a cultural phenomenon. And it's just an everyday word now really is paving the way for this new sort of momentum of insightfulness. So we get into this place now where we calm down, we back up from the noise and we can be still and we can meditate and be in the moment. And what happens then? That's when our intuition speaks to us. And that's where we get the guidance of how we can serve in the world and what our path is in the world and how we can evolve and change and make the world better. So beautifully put. It's so true. I mean, and I love that you just said from mindfulness to insightfulness, because really that's the goal at the end of the day. I mean, you know, I I teach people to be mindful. I I teach meditation. I help them with that sort of thing. And that sort of thing. What a weird way to say that. Um, (laughs) But, you know, for for people who are looking to quiet the minds and to really learn how to meditate, that's what yoga and, and, and my teachings have helped me do. So I'm helping other people do the same. And the idea really is to move from to move from, you know, mindlessness to mindfulness to insightful, because once you get to that point, once you once you have that, that when you move to insightfulness, you're listening to your intuition. Yes, Yes, exactly. Right. And, And you're connected. Right. So it's it's that connection to the higher part of ourselves and that state of being and oneness and all of that wonderful stuff that we feel when we have that that calm connection with the universe and with life. So, you know, it really is sort of this blossoming, I think that happens because, you know, we don't want to just, a lot of, you've probably experienced this a lot with people learning meditation. They're like, I don't want to meditate because I'm just going to sit there and be bored. And like, uh, you know, I'm bored. But when you meditate, you know, you can get into this place. There's so many different types of meditation. We can get into that too. But like when you get into this place of stillness and you, especially with like insight meditation, then this, this flush of ideas, can take you over and it can be love. It can be things you are called to do. It can be just creativity, anything, right? So that's, there's so much life. It brings so much life to meditation. 
It's it's so true. I mean, I can't tell you. I meditate every single day, twice a day, and there there is many times where I'm just like, I don't have time. I don't want to do this right now. And and I've been doing this for over 20 years. So just to put anyone listening right now, you know, if you're thinking, well, I don't know. Listen, you never don't know because your mind always wants to take you away from it because your mind wants to run things. Yes. You you have to be able to go. Listen, mind. I run things. You serve me. Right. The the mind makes Eckhart Tolle said it. The mind makes a horrible master, but a wonderful servant. And so it's about making the mind the servant. It's not about controlling the mind. It's just not allowing it to control you. And so. Yeah. And and that ties right into intuition because, you know, one of the things I say over and over again is that, you know, it's one of my mantras is intuition first, right? Mm -hmm. Because intuition comes in, it's that first impression, that first thing that comes in, and then we allow our minds to serve that. So we've been taught to think all backwards our life. We're like, oh, we just think with our minds and maybe this intuition thing will happen or maybe it won't, but it's flip-flop. We have to honor that intuition. And then when it comes in, then let our brilliant minds serve it and do great things with it. Exactly. So in other words, to put that into into practice, right? So if you want to start a business or you want to improve your business or whatever, when you get that intuitive flash, follow that and then let your mind figure out how to put the details together, trusting that your intuition is leading you in the right direction. Right. That's how you do extraordinary things. You know, that's how people get out there because they have both of these senses developed. They, they're open to these genius ideas that come. They can recognize them because they're open to them and they know what they are now. And then they're smart enough to, to implement these things. Like if you have great ideas and you have no wherewithal of how to implement them, then they're not going to come into fruition. Like the Life wants us to be smart. Life wants us to be resourceful and creative and all of those things to help manifest you know, intuition because that manifestation is really the ultimate end of intuition. It, it's up here. It's in the ethers. It's in the play, the space around us. And it wants to become real. And that's how we do it. So it's so beautiful. I love this. I don't, I don't want to wrap up just yet because I, I still have a few things I wanted to, to ask you about. And, and just a quick little anecdote, because the other night I, I actually sat down to meditation and, and I'm sitting there and, and as I'm letting the, the thoughts melt away. And before I, as I finished my Kriya breath, I, I found myself in a place where all of a sudden I was like, I need to open up a can of black beans and, and make a bean dip. And, and I'd, I'd never done this before. I cook a lot just as a back, uh, but you know, all of a sudden, all the ingredients were out in front of my face and, and, and I was like, okay, all right, let's shelf that for a second. No pun intended. And I, I finished my meditation. I came out and I made a bean dip and it was a total hit in the house, Nice, you know, and it's just one of those things where it literally, and I have no idea, again, that's just literally for our enjoyment, but it was just one of those things that, you know. It's a great example. And it's like, well, I can't meditate anymore without having my journal next to me because you get those ideas. They'll just come into your head when you're open like that, right? You're like, oh, I got to write this down before I I forget it because then you'll just go into another space. So I love that story. It was, it was so, it was so great. I mean, I was just like, okay, cool. Now I have a new bean dip recipe that I literally pulled from the ether because- I didn't look it up. I didn't anything. All of a sudden I was just like, okay, black beans, garlic, this, that, veganese. All right, let's blend it, put a little bit of water. And it was perfect. Now I'm getting so, hungry. <laughs> <laughs> is, as, as, as is like to happen. Um, so, okay. I, I have to circle back towards the beginning because you said that you had some life-changing experiences with intuition. I want to delve into that real quick because I, oh, yeah. that undoubtedly, you know, drove you into writing the book, of course. Yeah, well, there's, I mean, where do I start? <laughs> so I guess the, the really in the beginning for me was when I was younger, when I was in college, I, I really, I had a, a type of awakening and it, it came from, 
you know, I'll just tell, I'll just tell you, it's a little story I, I, I had. I, I went down, I was at the beach. I was, I was a painter. I was an oil painter. That was, you know, my really practical degree in college. I went for oil painting and we would go out on the weeks painting on the beach and some friends and I were at the beach. And I was by myself and I did this great painting. And I'm like, I want to go for a walk on a beach when I'm done, watch the sunset. Like that was my treat at the end of the day. So I was out in this lone beach. It was in the middle of, it was like a state park. So there was nobody around enjoying this walk. And all of a sudden I saw there was a person in the distance, like a figure. And immediately, you know, as a woman, right? I stop and I think, okay, you know, I'm the vulnerable gender here. And I, so I start all this fear started creeping in and I'm going on walk and I'm like freaking out. I'm like, is this guy going to chop me up in pieces and throw me in the, throw me in the, you know, so my, my brain's just going under. And then I just stopped and I said, why am I wasting this time, this beautiful experience on this earth right now with all these crazy thoughts? I'm either going to trust in this moment and whatever outcome comes of it, if I get chopped up in pieces, so be it, whatever it is, or whatever it is, I'm going to trust in this moment and this experience, or I'm just going to go back because this is just a waste. So I decided I was going to trust and do this. And I went on the walk. And of course, this was just a nice person. And it was just seemed to be a very friendly person when I walked by him. And it was all of this fear, right, that was that was being cooked up in my head from my conditioning and strangers and all this stuff. Not that I'm encouraging people to do reckless things because there's a place. My intuition wasn't saying go home. You know, it wasn't saying that. It was my fears. And I, and I realized that. So it was that moment really, which really became this metaphor for life in general. And, and I made a decision at that point to start trusting myself and to start living by that. Mm. And what happened then was like something that I can't describe. It was my whole like reality changed. I like had, I experienced this shift. My intuition just kicked into this massive high gear and I was able to, I just knew things. I started, I started knowing things. I started seeing things like having these visual experiences. So many of these things that I, I didn't, I thought I was going crazy in the beginning. I was a young person and I didn't understand it. So I think what I ended up doing with my life was largely to help understand what happened to me and, you know, make sense of it. Right. I didn't know what was happening to me. I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't a yoga, yoga wasn't even like a thing back then, you know, it was like, there, there was, there was no internet for me to Google, you know, this kind of thing. So it was a very isolating experience, but ultimately it, it really set me on this path. And, you know, and, and it all started with that very simple choice of trusting yourself. Right. So I, I talk about how important that is because even though it seems like a little cliche, it can really have huge effects on your energy level and your vibrational level. And when you, when you raise your vibration, you have the ability to, to perceive and experience a whole new world of, of things. That is amazing. I, first of all, love the idea of simply trusting yourself because yeah. really, I mean, when we talk about intuition, we talk about radical intuition, we talk about being able to pick up on these subtle things, right? You know, you, you look at, so a traumatic experience can cause you to repress memories. It mm -hmm. can cause you to shut certain parts of yourself off, right? Whereas trusting in yourself allows you to open yourself up. So knowing that we're all born with this ability to pick up on things around us, all we have to do is simply trust ourselves and mm -hmm. go, you know what? I know that no matter what, I'm going to make the right decision. I'm just going to trust. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to anything. If I get the feeling I shouldn't do something, it's not going to be a fear-based, shouldn't do it. It's going to be an intuitive based, nope, this isn't right. If I get the feeling that I should plow forward, then it's going to be me following my intuition. And then whatever fear things come in later, I'm just going to put those to bed because I know I'm working with my intuitive side and I know that I'm working with a higher power, so to speak. 
and I'm going to come through because this is what I'm meant to be doing. It's like a message from your soul. Yeah. Yeah. You cannot go wrong if, if you are aligned with your intuition. If you're following, I mean, that's I always say intuition. Everybody's like, oh, what happens when my intuition's wrong? Well, your intuition is never wrong. It is impossible for your intuition to be wrong because intuition is synonymous with truth. That's what it is. It's truth. So if there's something wrong, either we interpret it wrong or we're not seeing the whole outcome. You know, sometimes we think our intuitions failed us when we really just haven't let everything played out yet. You know, sometimes things don't turn out the way we expect them. And a year later or a few months later or whatever, something happens. You're like, oh, that's why that happened. That's why I thought I was a mistake, but it wasn't, you know, so really connecting with that failing forward, not being afraid to make mistakes because mistakes aren't always mistakes. You know, if you're aligned and you're following your intuition, you're not going to make a mistake. You're just going to take a different route. So true. I love that you just said failing forward. I, th yep. I think that's absolutely brilliant. I mean, if I look back at my own life, I can tell you straight away that following my intuition led me from Canada to the US, from Montreal to LA. It led me to literally responding to an ad for someone looking for someone to host and do comedy for their show, which made me meet my wife. Literally every intuitive nudge that I've followed has led to the proverbial pot of gold at the end That's of awesome. the rainbow. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's, and I believe so strongly, like with every fiber of my being that that's true for everyone. If you can just follow that little intuitive nudge, it will nudge you in the right direction. Even if that first experience in that direction is seemingly horrible or seemingly <laughs> yes. not what you wanted or right. whatever, right. if you just trust and hang yes. with it long enough, you'll see that it's it's exactly where you're meant to be. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better. I mean, and that's the thing. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes we have to get out of our comfort zone. Sometimes it, it isn't what we expect. But when you get into that place of trust and in, in the life that's flowing through you, then you ride that out and you uh, you look back and you're like, oh, hindsight's always 2020 20 with intuition. I mean, <laughs> you get it. That's the thing. It'd be nice if it was easy, if it was the other way around and we could see both ways, but we can't. So that's why we have to trust. It is a, it is a walk of faith. But once you get in a space and it, you're, you've proved yourself to yourself enough times, it gets easier. So true. I, I want to, I usually like to end interviews with my guests in a way where I'm saying, if there was one thing you can leave my listeners with to, you know, help live enhanced, what would that be? And, and I honestly, I mean, unless you have something specific that you've not said already, I mean, from, I would just say, look, go and listen to this whole interview one more time. I mean, and, and the one thing I would take out that to me, I think is the most important part, but I, I want to hear what you have to say, Kim, is simply trust yourself. Mm -hmm. yes, that, was, that, that was so profound for me. It really, I think, is the core of all of this intuition work. It, it comes down to, to trusting yourself. And the first step you can take right now to start doing that is to make more space for yourself. Yes. So whether you're creating more white space on your calendar, whether you're just going for some walks in nature, doing meditation, doing yoga, spend more time with your higher self. That's my advice. Being alone, you're not alone. You're, you know, you're with yourself and you're getting to know yourself and you're connecting with yourself. So spend more time with yourself, get to know yourself, and ultimately you'll be able to trust yourself. I absolutely love that. And I couldn't agree more. Radical Intuition is now available. I believe everywhere books are sold. So yeah. is that right? Everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Radical Intuition, Kim Chesney. You can find it in the show notes as well as wherever anyone can. If you want to find Kim online, I believe it's it's kimchesney.com. Am I Kim right? Kimchesney.com or intuitionlab.com. 
There you go. Those will both be in the show notes. I highly recommend reading this book, especially if you're new to following your intuition, because she will give you a step-by-step guide on how to recognize your intuitive nudges, how to follow them, and how to really master your own life through following your intuition. Kim, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Adam. This is a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Enhanced Living Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach me directly at enhancedliving.net. Thanks for listening.